You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 297. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 297. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello, my love. Oh, hello, my dearest Oh, love. hello. Oh, hello, governor. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing really well. You ready? Other than these crazy allergies out here. And- oh, my gosh. They're getting me good today. We didn't realize that like pollen was a thing in it's, the South oh <laughs> or gosh. in North Carolina. And right now it's ridiculous. Like I was uh, out on the freeway and there was like this big, huge green cloud. It looked like fog rolling across the freeway. Oh my, of pollen. Of pollen, yeah. Right now my car, I can see it parked. It's got like a coat of light dusting. yellow all yeah. over the top mm-hmm. of it. It's crazy. I'm not, th- this is definitely new for us yeah. to adapt to. It's worse this year just because we had so much rain. But I will tell you, I love, love, love the season change. I do too. Spring is my favorite season. And it so has far. sprung. Spring has sprung. It has sprung. That's and what they say. every day when I go outside, the trees are just a little bit fuller. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, makes my heart so happy. You start to see a few more flowers. Yeah, it's beautiful. Just comes with the pollen. And we have a beautiful topic to talk about. We d- oh, I that? love that segue. <laughs> <laughs> Seamless. <laughs> you pulled a Mr. Smith there. <laughs> so I don't know if you caught last week's episode, but we started a two-part segment on five common relationship pitfalls and how to avoid them. So I went through five last week, and I'll be going through five again this week for part two. That'd be a total of 10. It's a total of 10. Yeah, so you get 10. Five plus five. That's right. Equals ten. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. What would I do if you weren't here? <laughs> However, this episode there will be five. <laughs> but I want you to stick around no matter what because you won't have to have listened to last week's in order for this to make sense. Totally. So it doesn't matter which one they can be listened to completely out of order. But what you do want to know about is a lovely little journaling sheet, set of journaling sheets that I've created for you. That's right. Which uh, is actually, do you do you? Hear I was going to say, I thought I heard something coming, but then I thought you were just going to talk over it. Oh, you did? It's just getting a little louder, though. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Truth, Mr. Smith trying to save my segues. <laughs> I got you, baby. We interrupt this broadcast of the Joy Junkie Show to bring you this urgent free shit alert. Repeat, this is a free shit alert. Yes, we have a free shit alert. Last week and this week both, there are a set of journaling sheets that are designed to accompany the five key things that are covered both last week and this week. And they're different sets of journaling sheets. So if you've got the ones last week, you'll still want to get the ones for this week because they will be targeting everything that we're talking about A whole today. different number. There's five different ones. Five different ones. Yeah, five different Five ones. more. Five more to equal 10. Relationship. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Babe. I'm good with math. Thank you. I <laughs> just don't quite know what to do with you right now. Okay. 
Well, since you are dying to have the mic, why don't we pass that over to you then for a minute? It's about time. Okay. Give me that mic. We have a segment we like to call... Would you rather... And today's... <laughs> two days is a good one. It's, okay. Would you rather enjoy a day off with Ferris Bueller? Okay. Or... Go on an excellent adventure with Bill and Ted. Done. That one. For sure. For sure? Why? Well, I have never... I don't dislike Matthew Broderick, but I've I've never been <laughs> like a super huge fan. And mm. I, I think I've only seen that movie maybe once. Okay. And I don't know if I've even seen it all the way through. Bill and Ted's, however, I'm on board for a number of reasons. First of all, fucking time travel. Time travel? Okay. Yes. I'm that, on board. I am so on board with seeing all these different time period time periods, time periods yeah. and different influential pe- people in throughout mm-hmm. history and even though they're actors well that's not what, <laughs> that's not the stipulation i'm kidding I'm you don't kidding. get to make up rules like that did you see me bite my lip like uh, yeah feeling all sly <laughs> i think yeah i would definitely pick that plus i'm a valley girl from California. Oh, yeah. But the only thing that's keeping me from saying Bill and Ted's is they would annoy the hell out of me. I, that's true. That's true. Like, at least Ferris Bueller was cool. Like, he was fun to hang out with. And he did a lot of fun things. Yeah. Like, Bill and Ted would be so annoying. I, I don't know if I could handle that. That's a good point. And, so plus, that's a, and you do have to travel in a very tight... Yes. What is uh, that? Millennials, like? they used to call them telephone booths. <laughs> And, Millennials will know. And Superman used to change oh his gosh. outfit in them. Z-Gen might not know. Mm-hmm. But. And then Ron Burgundy actually had a breakdown in one. <laughs> he was in a glass case of emotion in one. So you may remember that one. Ron, <laughs> where are you? I'm in a glass case of emotion. There's only a few. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it's called a telephone booth. Uh, but, yeah, you would have to travel around in that. Yeah. But I'm yeah. still going to go with Bill and Ted's. What about you? I- I'm going to go Bill and Ted's. Okay. I think it might be a landslide. Actually, but it just depends on what genre of movie you're into at the That's end of right. the day. That's mm-hmm. interesting. So we would we would really love to hear which one you would choose and what you would rather. And we discuss that every single week in my After Hours community over on Facebook. And this is an amazing corner of the internet. So much great support and camaraderie and just beautiful people coming together to support each other in their personal growth journey. Mr. Smith's in there. We talk about the Would You Rathers on Monday. Mm-hmm. I always do a and Slay segment on Thursdays where I answer questions that have come up from the group throughout the week. We do Warm Fuzzy Wednesdays, all sorts of awesome stuff over there. Plus, there's an entire resource vault that's available only to After Hours participants. Mm-hmm. So if you want to come join us, and it's totally free, and nobody's going to sell it, sell to you because that infuriates me when people are like, buy my leggings and my protein powder and shit like that. I run a very tight ship. So we'll only be talking personal development over there. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. That redirects you right over to our little corner and and tell us what you'd rather for this week. Sounds like a plan. Before you do that, however, be sure to go to thejoyjunkie.com slash 297. That's this particular episode where you can grab your journaling sheets. 
The reason why you will probably want these journaling sheets is because we're going to be talking about five really common ways that people get tripped up inside relationships. And I want you to really nail down how this applies to you because it's likely that you're going to notice, ooh, yes, that I always do that, or my husband always does that, or my wife always does that, or ooh, my sister and I have issues with this type of a communication. And that's another thing that I want to mention is even if you're not in a partnership, there might be some of these tools and tactics that we talk about today that could be very applicable to a relationship outside of a marriage or something like that, that could be with coworkers or subordinates or siblings, family members, etc. Because a lot of the things that I'll share with you have to do with your approach and understanding the other person, things of that nature. So be sure to grab your your planning sheets, totally free, your journaling sheets, and let's jump in. Let's do it. Should I just tip my toe or should I jump in? Jump all the way. Let's just jump in. Let's do it. Straight, no toe tipping. No toe tipping. (laughs) All right. So number one, common relationship pitfall. You desire intimacy, but you aren't willing to be vulnerable. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Here's the deal. The amount of intimacy you get to experience inside of your relationship is directly equivalent to how vulnerable you are willing to be. What that means is if you want extreme intimacy, you have to be extremely vulnerable. So if you've got all these walls up and you're essentially telling your partner, you first, you first, you're asking them to break down this major wall you have up and bear their soul while doing that. That's not very safe when you, when somebody is saying, I want you to just be who you are and share with me everything, but you first, and I'm going to keep all my walls up. That is not very inviting. Right. Right. It's terrifying. And I also think that most of us go through our lives where we have experienced vulnerability in some way, where we have now made it mean that if we are vulnerable, we're going to get hurt. Or Hmm. if we're vulnerable, we're somehow weak. And I want you to start switching this and looking at this through a different lens. I personally feel like being vulnerable is one of my superpowers. It's one of those things that takes massive courage to actually do. Because everything in our world is telling us not to feel, not to express, not to share what's really on your heart. But guaranteed... If you go on Facebook, the shit that that tugs at your heartstrings are the vulnerable posts. True. When That's people true. share things that they're really up against or the struggle they had with alcoholism or how difficult it's been to have a diagnosis for, for their child, something like that, or sharing how they've gotten through being laid off. Those are the posts that we go, oh, because we, we want to connect with humans. If you are in a, a leadership role, In any way, if you exemplify vulnerability with your team, and I don't mean sharing shit, like oversharing, like talking about your sex life or something. I mean, talking about emotions and feelings and how, what, how they are supporting the team or not supporting the team and just genuinely expressing. I know that this has been really a struggle and it's been really hard for me as well. And I just want to express my gratitude to you. If you come from a vulnerable place like that, if you can own your mistakes, if you can ask for for forgiveness and 
extend apologies, those things are far more likely to elicit vulnerability from the other person, which creates intimacy. Boom. Doesn't matter if we're talking about a romantic partner or if we're talking about siblings. The other thing that I will say about vulnerability, though, is I am working under the assumption that you want this relationship to last. You are into it. You love this person and you want to continue to grow and develop as a relationship. If that's the case, then vulnerability really is mandatory in order to further accelerate your intimacy or or connection, period, with one another. Vulnerability is looked at as a bad word. It is. And it's actually the answer to a lot of things. That's right. Right? So we have to take this word of being vulnerable or surrendering or those types of words and make them positive. Right. Allow for those to be part of the human experience as well. That's right. Because like you said, you know, it's directly equivalent to the results you want. That's right. Absolutely. So, so here's the deal with vulnerability. I'm going to actually link to a pod that we did specifically on this topic because I think you're spot on. I think that we equate that with weakness or, mm-hmm. or being threatened. Sure. You know, that that's, that's terrifying, that that's scary. Most of the time, though, it is that we were vulnerable either against our own will like as a child, we have sure. no choice but to be vulnerable to our caregivers. Mm-hmm. Like we can't just go get a job when we're seven. <laughs> you know, we can't just it, figure out how to contend with fear on our own when we're eight. You know, we are subjected to our environment for a really long time. So for many people, if you were not safe in your immediate family of origin, vulnerability equaled pain for sure. Because if you expressed yourself and weren't allowed to or were made wrong for that, of course, vulnerability is going to feel wrong. Or you've gone through situations where you were vulnerable with wrong people, Hmm. meaning I was in this relationship that I fully gave my heart to and then I got my heart broken. Better not do that again. What I want you to understand about vulnerability is it's not about all or nothing. Like I'm either vulnerable with every single person I come across or not at all. It's that you get at this point in your life to be totally selective and choosy about who you want to be vulnerable with. And I'm hoping that if we're talking about an intimate partnership here, a relationship romantically, that you want to foster intimacy, that you want to cater to connection with this person. That's kind of the point of them, right? Right. However... There will be some of you listening who the relationship is in such a shambles or you are in a place where you don't know if it's going to be tenured, if it's going to be long term. And vulnerability in those moments can also feel really unsafe. And if that's your situation, then I would say start fostering vulnerability with a therapist, with a coach, with some sort of outside party that can say, here's what I'm seeing, here's what's going on. Because if you're in a really rocky place in the relationship, it can be really hard to just open yourself up all of a sudden. Sure, absolutely. And, and hope that it's going to be magic. couple quick little baby steps is just to start talking about your emotions. And you can do this in a way where you're sharing about things that don't have anything to do with your partner. For instance, you can say... I 
you know, to be honest, I had kind of a hard day and, and I was kind of hurt by, by some stuff that went on. Even just expressing that is a, is vulnerability. Sure. Another vulnerability hack is gratitude. Genuinely thanking your partner for something. Genuinely is the key. Not just thanks for taking the trash out, but Hey, I noticed that you made the bed or I noticed that you took care of that bill. And that really meant a lot to me. Thank you so much. That is a vulnerable expression by actually saying something that you're thankful for. But again, you have to have that genuine piece behind it. All right. So that's how we start working with that vulnerability piece. You want that intimacy, have to start being a little bit vulnerable. Number two, feeling justified when you lash out to your partner because they are just so out of line. Mm Mm-hmm. This is where we basically do a tit for tat and we go, well, what my partner did was so egregious and so awful that I'm allowed to yell and scream and act like a banshee flying out of hell. (laughs) Where we disregard our peace in the matter, where we go, yeah, but you should have picked up our child at four o'clock. Therefore, I get to yell at you and be condescending and passive aggressive and, and demeaning to you. And what we don't understand is that our communication in those moments is equally as detrimental to the relationship. If you yell and you're passive aggressive and you're always snarky and constantly criticizing somebody, even if it's understandable, that that delivery, you are responsible for, my friend, period. No, no questions asked. Now, you can still feel very validated in why you are upset. Like you're, let's say that's the situation. Your partner was supposed to pick up your child from daycare, let's say, and they didn't. And it caused all sorts of of ruckus for you. You had to be called out of a work meeting to go pick them up and just a massive inconvenience. And you were told that your partner would do this and follow through for you, no problem. So of course, you're furious, you're irritated, your life has been completely uprooted. It's not a problem for you to be upset. You are always allowed to feel what you feel. It's how you choose to communicate that. So communicating in that moment of extreme anger is usually a futile effort. So I would say in that sort of a scenario, give yourself some time to calm down. Even if you have to say, honey, I'm I'm really, really bothered by the turn of events today, but I don't want to take it out on you and I want to be really rational when I have a conversation with you. I need to, I need to put this off till tomorrow. Yeah. Like, can we, can we please just table this till tomorrow? I need to sleep on it, depending on what you need. Because going and yelling, even though you might be validated or justified in how you feel, you still are not exempt from needing to behave in a poised manner. I just have never been in a relationship where that kind of aggressiveness was but it ever worked it's never helpful yeah or helpful yeah it just never seemed like it felt good to get it off my chest that's right but it never helped the actual issue that's right you're you're absolutely right and one of the pieces of that is anger is 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 a secondary emotion mm. meaning that it almost always is a veil or a cloak over a primary emotion yes like disappointment I feel disrespected. Mm. I feel like you don't regard our relationship. I don't feel listened to. And so that could be shame, disappointment, discouraged, embarrassed, any of those things. 
But anger, because of that, because it's a secondary emotion, it's our most easily accessible emotion. Sure. So it's kind of veiling all of these other relationship issues. And hmm. if there's all a bunch of other shit going on inside of your relationship and something like this happens, it's like a vehicle for us to explode all the angst, all the issues, all the upset that we've had building up to this. And so we make it about that one failed pickup, picking up the child. But what it's really about is years and years and years of negligence to the relationship. Right. Or feeling disrespected. So what I want you to wrap your head around is this idea that how you feel is understandable, but how you behave needs to be acceptable. Hmm. So for example, if you lash out on your partner for not picking up your child at the appropriate time, is it understandable why you would do that? Of course. Is it acceptable to lash out? No. It's not. No, yeah. So when you broach the conversation, like you were saying, if you come at it like a bat out of hell, how likely do you think your partner is going to hear you and go like, you're right, babe. I can't wait to work on that for you. Right, right. Even if they say, I'm so sorry, honey. I, I really, you know, meant to pick up the kid. I'm so sorry. It, right. Even if they say that. Yeah. Which is what they want to hear. Right. Right. It, it still doesn't foster that caring, vulnerable relationship that you're trying to stick to. It it it, it erodes the foundation of your of your relationship. Because it dismisses how the other person's feeling. Well, not even that. It's it's that you don't have enough respect for me that you have to talk to me like that. Oh, got right? it. Right? Got it. Like it's disrespectful to me. That's right. Yeah. And it it should it, if you had that issue with somebody at work, would you yell and scream like that? Right, right, right. And but do you what, love your partner how would that more? be accepted? Right? Yeah. But I think this, a lot of this stems from emotional intelligence and the lack thereof in our society that we're not, we don't teach children from an early age, channel your emotions. If you're angry, go for a run, do a bunch of jumping jacks, scribble really crazily on a piece of paper, beat the shit out of your bed or out of a punching bag or something like that. There are, do a primal scream. There are plenty of ways to expel the energy of anger, which you are fully allowed to feel. Mm -hmm. But communicating out of that anger never yields the result that you're looking for. And like you said, it's just completely disrespectful. Yeah. All right. So number one, you desire intimacy, but you're not willing to get vulnerable. You got to start knocking down those walls. Number two, feeling justified when you lash out because your partner is just so incredibly out of line. Start working from the, is it understandable why I would do this? Yes. Is it acceptable? No. And start really separating that difference between how I feel and then how I communicate. Those are very, very different components. Because what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to get into this place of I'm not allowed to be mad or I'm not allowed to be frustrated. Yes, fucking all day long. Mm -hmm. But but put guardrails around it. Like, I definitely need to talk about this, but I know I'm going to be really snarky and awful. I don't want to do that. Let's talk tomorrow. You've got to table it. All right, number three, getting stuck arguing around the surface issue instead of dealing with the real or the deep-rooted issue. Hmm. So this is kind okay. of in tandem to what we just talked about. A perfect right. example that I've used a number of times is, let's say you 
just got the house cleaned or maybe you cleaned it yourself or just did a bunch of reorganization in the home and you're feeling like you've put forth all this effort and your partner comes home and they just leave their shoes out or dump all their work stuff all over the table or or something like that. <laughs> I, have, I have guilty face right now. We don't know. You, <laughs> I, you would have heard about it if that was a Yeah, problem. that's true. I would have. I just came home from a trip, and I feel like I just kind of blew up the house. No, I'm always way worse with that than you. That's true. Yay. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, I'm way worse. I don't think you're <laughs> bad at all. I think once we get into our house house, we'll have systems, you know? We always do. But we're in our tiny apartment. We like to call it our temporary housing. So oh, it's temporary housing. We have to have some concessions here. Yeah. So I don't, we digress. If you go into this scenario where you've just polished up the home, your partner comes home, they dump all the shit out of all over everything. What do you fight about? You fight about dumping shit out all over or leaving your shoes out or not doing the lot. We talk about the surface issue. Okay. Instead of the real issue, the deep rooted issue, what that really means to you is whatever it is that you truly feel. But you have to start asking yourself, what about this is so infuriating to me? When he mm. does this or when she does this, what do I make that mean? Most of the time, if you were to dissect that scenario, you would say, I make that mean that she doesn't care about the effort that I put around, put out in the house. She doesn't respect me. She's condescending or he's, he doesn't, doesn't, have any desire to uh, commend me for all of the effort that I put in. Mm -hmm. I feel like I am running this marriage by myself. I Whatever it happens to be, that's usually the real issue. And then whatever happens is, an, is a visual representation of your angst, of your upset in the relationship. Yeah. This is why people always say the things we fight about are so stupid. Like remember yes. when we got in that big fight about chocolate covered almonds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had hid I was like did you eat the rest of the chocolate covered almonds he he said no I did not yeah I found the container by his side of the bed under his bed <laughs> is it really about the chocolate covered almonds no is it even about him eating them no it was about the lie it yeah. was that was so dishonest and that's what hurt me was that you didn't tell me the truth. Right. And then you were able to share about, I have this thing about sweets from when I was young, like wasn't able to have them. Oh, my dad was a Nazi about candy. I would have to hide wrappers. And I think what it really was for him is he didn't want me spending money. Yeah. But it came out as, you know, it, it was an outlet for me. Right. So it just kind of like flashed me back when, because I remember dad saying, did you eat this? Yeah. You know, and it just was natural for me to say, no. <laughs> right. You know? And then mm -hmm. once you've already started to lie and then the person pushes you even more aggressively, I'm like, are you dead? Then where do they go? Right. There's two of us in this household. Bianca ate them. And then so if I'm responding really angry in, in such an angry fashion and then you're going to double down on the lie. Yeah. Do, do you guys see what I'm talking about? So that's why I think it's so important when you look at I need to be responsible for how I communicate. And how I ask about it. And 
you have to understand what is the surface issue or the presenting issue. It's kind of like when you go to the doctor and it's like, oh, my arm hurts. And you might think it's just the surface issue. That's the presenting issue. But then come to find out there's a neurological issue and it's actually happening in your brain or your nervous system or something like that. I want you to start examining the behavior in your relationship from that same standpoint. And even if we talk about something in a workplace, it could be something that your boss does or that your maybe even your co-parts do or subordinates do that you you get really frustrated or infuriated about something that they do most of the time behind that it is i don't feel respected i feel micromanaged i feel as though nobody is really supporting me or willing to work as hard as i am usually there's a deeper rooted issue something that you feel so i want you to start examining how do i really feel about this particular issue? What does it really say to me Mm -hmm. when you notice them arise? All right. Number four, this is huge, 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 especially when you and your partner are very opposite from one another in how you communicate or how you process information. Number four is dismissing how your partner feels if you simply just don't get it or if you don't agree. A perfect example is, let's say one partner is really, really stressed out about something related to work, about how, let's say, how one person in the department treats them. And the the other partner is like, if it was me, I'm going to give two shits to that person. I wouldn't pay any bit of attention to that person. Why don't you just let it go? Why don't you just get over it? And so if you look at that situation... The first partner who's dealing with that issue, what they want is sympathy. They want their partner to say, I am so sorry you're having such a hard time. How can I be awesome for you? Or how can I support you the best? But instead, if we don't get that and we go, well, just let it go. Or it's not that big of a deal. Or just get over it. Or you're being too sensitive. You're totally dismissing the other person's feelings. Mm, Okay. Instead of of really acknowledging what they're expressing in the moment. They're not asking for a solution typically. They're usually asking for sympathy. Yes. Right? Sharpen your listening skills. If your partner wakes up and had a horrible night's sleep and they're really upset about it and they're just kind of like, oh, I just did not get good sleep tonight or last night. If you jump in with all these solutions, like, well, just take a nap today or just get more, get more sleep tonight or just make sure all these solutions, you have disregarded what they are feeling right now. So instead, try something like, oh, babe, I'm so sorry. That sucks. Is there anything I can do? Right. I really hope you get a better night's sleep tonight. You don't need to fix it. Most of the time, the answer to this is understanding and empathy. One of the things that we know about human behavior and the ability to change patterns is in relationship, we will not make change unless we feel understood, unless we feel genuinely heard. I can see that. A great antithesis of this is our political climate. We don't ever listen to really hear people. We listen to respond and take them to school. We don't ever go, 
please tell me what that has been like for you. I want to hear your experience. I want to know this pain that you're going. I want to understand you, even if it's not my experience. I want to understand you. We don't do that. We just go in guns blazing about why everybody is wrong. Clearly, it doesn't work in politics, but it sure as hell doesn't work in intimate partners either, yeah, in partnerships yeah. either. I think it doesn't work in general. One of the things I think, at least in Western culture, is... We're never really listening to what the other person is saying. We're constantly thinking about what we're going to say next. Yes. So one of the things I try to tell myself when I'm in those situations is be interested, not interesting. Curiosity. Yeah. yeah and if I'm just interested, like people think you're the greatest guy in the world because you're just listening. That's great. Right? Most people are lonely and they just yeah. want someone to listen. That's right. So I provide that for them. And it's amazing how much you learn about somebody. And so here's what I, where I think it's a challenge. I think that's super easy for most people when we're not at that invested in the other person. You know, when it's a client interaction or maybe somebody at school or, you know, like that's far easier than when your partner is doing something that or you fucking at you. hate. Absolutely. And you're yeah. trying so situation. hard to understand where they're coming from. Absolutely. So when I, when I spout off these things, please know I've had 22 years of practice with this. <laughs> I teach it and I don't think for one second that it's easy, but I do think it can be worth it. If you are with the right person and you do want to make sure that you create the happiest union you possibly can, then it's absolutely worth it to to really try to hear those people out. And then to also watch yourself. Do you shut down? Do you ever shut down when you think like, well, that's dumb or what he's doing is stupid or what she's doing is so dumb. All she's got to do is this. Are you dismissing how somebody feels? It might not be the actual action, it's the feeling. So a perfect example, a lot of people, uh, when they come to my work, will have an issue with their partner doesn't believe in coaching or doesn't believe in therapy or thinks it's a quack. And so when they mm -hmm. say, hey, I want to invest in this program, their partner doesn't get it because it's not how they would spend their money. Right. That's not the issue. The real issue is how that partner feels. That partner feels that this work could be a solution to something else they want to feel, which is typically happy, more freedom, feeling more confident. So when you say, when somebody says, like, don't spend money on that, it negates your feelings about it. Sure. Same thing for, you know, you've talked about wanting to start um, a train hobby, like doing trains. Yep. I don't get it. I don't want to do it. To me, it doesn't seem like a good expenditure of money for me. But that's not what I'm listening to. I'm listening to my husband's passion. I'm listening yeah. to his desires. I'm listening to what means something to him. Yeah. And for that. Yeah. And so that, <laughs> and we've both been really good at that of going like, okay, I don't necessarily get it. But what I care about is how important this is to you. Yeah. And I want to honor, uh, honor that. And you know, something that just came up to me, uh, came up for me when you were talking about this is it doesn't even matter if, if there's probably a lot of people out there that are in relationships that they realize are not the one. Right. Right? But it doesn't mean that you don't practice this anyway. That's right. Because it'll make you a better partner when the right person does come along. And the right person might come along because you've done this work. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not one of those things like, well, I don't need to do it right now. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I can do that when I'm serious. Like, do it now. 
Like, don't wait. Do it with everyone you meet, everyone you talk to, partners, whoever. That is such a great point because even if you don't realize it, you are creating habits now. Absolutely. And you will take that baggage into the next relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, if there is one. And you will start doing the same patterns of behavior. So even if your partner is the worst human in the world and is awful (laughs) and is not doing their part and you think you might be on your way out, at least make sure that your side of the road is clean, that you can walk away with no regrets, feeling like I did what I could do. Yeah, you don't want any regrets. No regrets. (laughs) Not even, not even like one letter. Not even one letter of regret. That's my credo. No regrets. Mm -hmm. You have no regrets? Dad? No. Not one? Nope. (laughs) Like not even a single letter? Nah, I can't think of one. (laughs) All right, so number five. Number five is making up stories instead of openly communicating. This is huge. We do this not just with romantic partners, but pretty much everybody. We interpret tone of voice. We interpret what was said. We interpret body language. And a lot of times we are sorely mistaken because we are interpreting what we do. For example... I'm very gregarious. I'm outspoken. If if I am passionate about something, you're going to know about it. So it's hard for me to understand that somebody feels something and they don't show it at all. Right? Yeah. So if they don't show it at all, I make up, oh, they don't show excitement the way I do. Mm. They must not be excited. <laughs> so I've learned that I have to communicate and say, I'm making up right now that you're totally bored or you're not interested or that you don't really want to do that. Am I on to something? Am I just communicating instead of letting the story run wild? And I've shared this with, with y'all before there was a situation that we had in our old house, such a perfect example of making up stories. I used to do these videos that I would call my dates with Dylan. It was a, a yogi that I was following at the time. And I would do his, his yoga DVDs videos. And At the time, we were doing a lot of renovations in the house before we moved from California. And so Mr. Smith had a bunch of stuff from the porch moved into the living room, which was normally where I did my workouts. So one day, the only thing that Mr. Smith says, the only thing, these are the words verbatim. He says, are you still doing your dates with Dylan? That was all. That was the only thing that transpired. And I said, no, I actually haven't been doing them for a while. So what I made that mean in my head, I went down this whole rabbit hole of, oh my gosh, he thinks I'm gaining weight. He's not attracted to me. He thinks I'm such a fat ass. He thinks I'm letting myself Aww. go. He's think He thinks that, you know, he's keeping up with his physique and I'm not. He, And so I just start creating this huge story. Yep. Now, had I not addressed it, then I would start going on to gather evidence to support that story. Yeah. So, for instance, let's say he later on that day said, damn, look at that ass in those jeans. I could take that, which I normally would associate as a compliment. I would, if I'm gathering evidence that he thinks I'm fat, I might go, what's that supposed to mean? Right. Yep. And so now I'm looking at things through a different lens simply because I haven't communicated. So what I did do instead is I said, babe, I got to tell you where my mind just went. When you asked me that, this is where, this is totally where I just went. And I made it mean blah, 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 blah. And then you said, no, I, uh, 
just have all that shit in the living room and I wanted to make sure I got it out if you needed the space. Like all chivalrous <laughs> and amazing and kind. And here I had made up this entire story in my head. I want you to start asking yourself, what are the facts? And then what have I made up? Mm. So for me, the facts are he asked me one question. Everything else was made up. But if we let the story run wild, and I'm sure you can all relate to this where it just keeps getting worse and worse, and then yeah. now he's left you and now you're destitute and you're on the street. And I mean, it's just, you catastrophize it. If you can just catch it in that moment and just say, babe, I got to tell you where I just went in my head. You know, tell me if I'm onto anything here. They have the opportunity to then say, no, not at all. Or you know, this might be something that we talk about. I, I have been a little bit concerned about your health or I have, yep. you know, it yeah. could be that that is what they meant, but you're never going to know if you're just making up stories. Yeah. You have to start communicating. So one of the, one of the tools that I use all the time is here's what's happening in my head or here's what I just made up. Here's how that landed for me. Here's how, what I interpreted that to mean so that you're not saying you do this and you're making me feel this and you and you and you, you're taking that ownership of like, here's how I just translated that. Okay. <laughs> the other piece is to get really clear. What were the facts? What were the interpretation? We do this all the time about family, about work relationships. So there you have it. Five more relationship pitfalls and how to avoid them. Let's recap real quick. Number one. Desiring intimacy, but not being willing to be vulnerable. Start expressing how you feel with people who you want to be vulnerable with in very small ways. Gratitude, expressing how, how your day went. Number two, feeling justified when you lash out because your partner is just so out of line. Start examining your behavior. Is it understandable? Is it acceptable? A lot of times it's understandable, but not acceptable. Start being really clear about how you want to deliver information. Number three, getting stuck arguing about the surface issue instead of the real deep-rooted issue. When you find yourself pissed about the chocolate-covered almonds or about the shoes being left out, ask yourself, what do I really feel mm. about this? What about this really is the issue? I was thinking about that one when you were talking about it, and it fits right into your program. Mm. Like with what you do, it like is. getting to those deeper issues isn't easy for people. That's true. You know, it's a harder thing to do. So going through a program like yours helps people kind of filter and decipher what is and isn't. And so that's funny because I had just talked to one of my students today about an issue like this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is the presenting issue. And, <laughs> right. and then we were able to dissect it and look at how can you now have this conversation. Yes. So I've mentioned this a handful of times. The program that Mr. Smith's talking about is my Deep Down and Dirty program, which is really about truly believing that you're enough and getting you to that place where you're genuinely happy. I have put together a workshop, a completely free online masterclass, essentially, that runs through the five major shifts that kind of need to happen to get you to that place where you're communicating really effectively, where you believe you're enough, you're letting go of the people pleasing, the perfectionism. So if you want in on that and you want to learn more about Deep Down and Dirty, that workshop is perfect. So 
check the show notes or you can go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop and that will take you right over there and uh, it's totally free and I have a feeling you're going to get a lot of insight on where you tend to silence yourself when you don't want to speak up, when you're afraid you're going to hurt somebody else's feelings and so you don't broach things with your partner. So Hmm. thank you for that. Good call. And yes, again, all of these links will be in the show notes. And then finally, number five, making up stories instead of really openly communicating. Analyzing the situation. What are the facts? And what did I, how did I interpret the facts? And then being sure that you're communicating instead of just creating all these fabrications. Yeah. Hoping that this is helpful for you. Again, if some of these are really hitting home, be sure to get those journaling sheets so that you can address this. Absolutely. And then you can like blame it on us and take it to your partner and say, <laughs> you know what, babe, I, I was listening to this pod and I I realized that there's a lot of things that I've been complaining about with you that I have a massive role in. Vulnerability. Would you? Yeah, yes. Thank you, babe. Very, <laughs> yes. I love you. So you could say, hey, I would love for you to listen to this pod because it was really enlightening for me. A lot of places where I get really stuck and I want to be better for you. Would you be willing to listen to it? I and, totally would, yeah. And then have a discussion. Let's listen to it. Of course you would. Of course you would. <laughs> so another example of, of some healthy communication. All right. Anything else you wanted to throw in this space? You had some great thoughts today. Oh, thank you. Every now and again, you know, I've been known. You've been known? No, I don't think so. All right. I think that's all I have for today. Awesome. Well, we will see you around these parts next week then. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Out.